Am I live on Comedy Schools Radio Network? I'm live. I'm live everywhere. Everywhere I go, I'm live. <clears throat> I'm live on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. I'm live on YouTube Comedy Schools. I am live on Facebook Live. I'm live, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, so are you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, uncles and mothers, brothers and sisters. We are here with you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time which is not exactly Mountain Standard Time right now. We explain this every day. We explain this every day for our Republican friends so that they, uh, they don't get easily confused or overly wrought. Uh, we're here every day at uh, 2 p.m. Arizona time, uh, which currently is Pacific time. So uh, Because we don't do state daylight savings time. We ain't going to change our clocks for nobody. Um, uh, we are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, hoopla, going on in the world today. We come to you on three platforms. Uh, we come to you uh, audio exclusively on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. We come to you on YouTube and the Comedy Schools channel and, of course, Facebook Live. The show is built around three trace things. It is based around your questions and comments as you leave them on one of the aforementioned social media uh, ch- uh, channels. It is based on uh, some little knick-knack or doodad we have here around the house some autographs, some piece of memorabilia, some fluff that we then try to weave a story around. And uh, then we recommend two artists or two pieces of music based on our vast vinyl and CD collection. Uh, and today I've got uh, two great pieces of vinyl. We're going back and revisiting a lot of the um, songs and records that we've already talked about because we've added a new feature which we should have added from the beginning. If this had been a planned program, if we had sat down and said, all right, we're going to start a podcast that's going to go out on uh, multiple platforms. And we go out on other things too, Spotify and uh, I don't know, Amazon. We go out on a lot of different things. But if it had been a planned production, uh, we would have already incorporated this. But this has been kind of an organic show, just kind of evolved out of uh, needing something to do during the, uh, the big lockdown of March 2020, the big lockdown of March 2020. Uh, it kind of uh, sprung up out of that and has evolved over time. We're going to put links to, uh, we're going to talk about two artists and then we're going to recommend a piece of music from each artist. And then um, then we're going to put links uh, on Facebook Live at a minimum uh, to those artists to those songs so that you'll be able to access them immediately. We had been saying to people, hey, once we mention it, write it down and go to YouTube. And, and you know what? That's a lot of work. You guys aren't watching this to work. You're watching this to have fun. So let's have some fun. Let's just have some fun. Uh, I got my flu shot today. I did. Now, I was going to get a flu shot last week, but I went in, they asked me my date of birth, and I said, August 13th, 1955. By the way, if you want to be saving up to get me something really cool next year, you got almost an entire year. Um... And they said, well, we do not have the, uh, uh, the flu shot for uh, people 65 and over. Apparently, once you hit 65, you get a different flu shot. And it was explained to me that it's like a super flu shot. Super flu. Okay? It's got extra flu shit in it. <laughs> so I went in today, and they told me they were out, and I could have the everyday crap flu shot they're giving to youngsters. And I think it's just, you know, vitamin C and a little uh, cocaine. Uh, it's reds, vitamin C, and cocaine. That's what goes into the young people's flu shot. But us oldsters, uh, 
We get the super flu shot. So I went in today. They told me last week they were out. I could have the crappy flu shot or wait. So I waited. You know, it was a gamble. What if I got the flu between then? I don't know. And then I went in today, and as I said, you got that old people's dope? That's why I said, hey, you got that old people's dope? You know? So, uh, and they looked at me like I was nuts because I was wearing a baseball cap and, and I had long hair and I looked like a creepy old man. So I got a flu shot. Here was the thing with getting the flu shot. Uh, once I filled out all the paperwork, have you ever done heroin in a moving car after breaking into a house on McIntyre Road? You know, all the normal questions you're going to ask people. Um, they told me, they said, go ahead and sit down. We'll be with you momentarily. And here is the problem that so many of us face. And I realize that it's a language issue. I realize it's a language issue. That even though most of us are speaking English, we are speaking two different languages. Because when they said to me, we'll be with you momentarily, I interpret that, interpret that to mean they would be with me in one moment. Moment being a word that describes a minute. A minute is comprised of 60 seconds. So I sat down with the assumption that once I sat down, pretty much from, and I gave them the leeway from the time they told me till I sat down, about 10, 15 seconds, thinking that within 60 seconds, they would come out and go, here, let's hit you up, mother. But apparently, when they say momentarily, they mean 35 minutes. If they would have said, we'll be with you after several momentarilys, it's going to be a bunch of momentarilys. If they would have said, go ahead and have a seat, and after several momentarilys, we'll be with you, I'd go, okay, all right, I get that, okay? And I wouldn't be sitting there getting upset once we got into the uh, 80, 90 second uh, uh, section of time. Once we got past that amount of time described by the word momentarily. Now, I know where they do it. They don't tell people, hey, you know, we'll be with you in a half hour or an hour. We're in the back playing snooker. Wouldn't it be weird if you went back there and they had a snooker table? <laughs> you know, we're all in the back hitting up ourselves. We're, we're trying to shit out ourselves. We're shooting ourselves up and then sneezing each other's faces to see if we get sick. Then if it works on us, we'll give it to you. I don't know if that's how you test a, a flu shot. If uh, everybody just takes a shot, sits in the room, just sneezes and coughs on each other. And after a day, no one's sick. They go, okay, this shit works. Let's give it to the public. Let's sell this. Let's sell this. I don't know if they're back there cutting it with some baby laxative, you know, put a little cut in it. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but anyway, I got my flu shot. And here's the good thing about getting a flu shot now. Now, if I wake up a coughing and a wheezing and a sneezing and a choking, I'll know that it's COVID and I won't have to wonder, is this the regular flu or the COVID? I'll know that I got it. So, uh... I think that's one of the important reasons to get a flu shot here in the year of our lard 2020. So um, that happened. That happened today. Uh, I'll tell you what happened last night. It was very cool. Was I uh, taught another in-person workshop. Safe, safe, social distance. I mean, what is safe? I mean, you know, I don't know. The CDC, which, you know, has about as much, uh, uh, I, I, I was, you know, I was looking for some sort of analogy some, some uh, three-letter letter acronym for something, but uh, they said it was an aerosol-carried disease. It could spread through the air, and then inexplicably, they went, oh, that, that was a mistake. You know what I said was a mistake? Because while they were doing that, someone was right over their head like this, going, no, you, you, you made a mistake. You want to change that. 
We don't want to cause people to panic. We don't care if people die. We just don't want them to panic. So, you know, and I think that's very kind of the current administration. You know, when um, our president said, uh, I don't want people to panic. That's why I'm playing it down. Uh, he didn't want us to die in a panic. He just wanted us to die. Maybe we die peacefully, die happily. <coughs> I'm coughing, but you know what? I have no anxiety. <laughs> God. I, I taught a, a workshop last night. We had uh, 10 people in it. It's live in person. I have one Thursday night that has uh, several people in the world online. And uh, it's a very rewarding and fun experience. So uh, I did that. And then uh, doing a free intro tonight at 6 p.m. Easy to find out about that. Just go to ComedySchools.com. There's a link uh, for you to click or a registration process for you to go through. And we'll know that you're going to be there and uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk. We'll talk to you. We'll share. We're going to share with you uh, tonight at 6. Uh, at JP's Comedy Club this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I am um, excited. Not as excited as I was. Wait, man. If you're a young comic, and being a young comic is tough, being a comic is tough because you're always a supplicant. You're always calling people. 95% of the comics I know are not getting calls from agent, from clubs going, we got to have you. They're calling the clubs. Hey, I'm very funny. Will you hire me? Hey, I'm very funny. Will you hire me? Hey, I'm very funny. Will you hire me? Some version of that. And then if you're a young comic and someone goes, hey, we need you to book the room. Man, if that doesn't make you excited. Because now you got power. Now people are calling you. Agents are calling you. Managers are calling you. Comics who you open for are calling you. You got power. I don't look at it that way. I'm just looking for the best people to be able to entertain uh, people uh, who are going to come to JP's Comedy Club. And I have put together as the uh, headliner booker of that room uh, a fantastic line of, of comics for you. If you're in the greater Gilbert area, I think I may be in history the first person. I wish Jim was here right now. Jim Perry, the owner of the club, he would get a kick out of that. Jim, are you listening? Jim, I'm sending you a mental picture. The greater Gilbert area. This Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and you feel safe knowing that you're going to be able to wear a mask in there. It'll be funny. We got plenty of hand sanitizer. We uh, do everything we can to make sure everybody's set, set in a safe social distance kind of way. Um, that's the producer's phone going off, and the producer's not in the room right now because she's actually her uh, production issue. So if you're wondering who's calling, they ain't calling me. Um, let's just listen to the beautiful sounds of a phone ringing off camera, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're in the, come on down and check out Jay Penn. I'm going to try to get Jay on the show Friday. Um, we used to do interviews all the time. And they were easy to do just as call-ins. But we're going to try to get him on Friday uh, to uh, uh, do an interview with this guy. This guy's one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. You're going, I've never heard of Jay Penn. And you know what? Some of the funniest people in the world you haven't heard of. Now, certain people have heard of Jay. But he never received, uh, received the iconic status that he should. Funny, clean, just bust out, man. Indiana funny. I used to run into him in the Midwest back in the 90s. And he was hilarious then. He's hilarious now. Great show this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, JP's Comedy Club. Please check that out. I might stop in for one of the shows. If I do, come up and say hi from a distance. Okay? Wear your mask and your gloves. I also I require if people are going to talk to me that they wear a welding hel helmet and a codpiece because I want to be safe. 
uh, that's going on. Let's get to uh, our first little knickknack. I'm just going to show you something here real quick. You know what that is? You know what that is? You don't know what it is on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com? But you hear a slight rattling. This is a tube. It's a tube. It's not the tubes. It's not Fee Waybill's band. This is a tube of nicotine lozenges. That's what this is. Nicotine. If you, it's hard for you to read because it's backwards. But it is a tube of nicotine lozenges. I have one in my mouth right now. Nicotine lozenges. I have been buying, purchasing, and using either nicotine gum or nicotine lozenges since the year of our Lord, 2006. From the time I started smoking at the early age of 11. Actually, the first time I smoked, I was seven. But, because uh, that's what you did in the inner city uh, when you were a kid. We're going to have a smokers club. Steal a couple of smokes out of your mom's pack of Pall Malls. Get together with some of the guys in the band and building. And go, Let's smoke. But I uh, started smoking regularly when I was 11. We'd moved to the country then. Then I was smoking down in the creek. Um, ever since I started smoking, I've been trying to quit. Nicotine is my first love. Uh, but I got to a point in the, and I quit for a while and start again and quit for a while and start again. When I quit, I get rageful and I get in fights. And, uh, usually I was getting in fights with someone twice my size, get my ass kicked or even someone shorter than me, get my ass kicked. I just generally, I grew up in Jefferson County, by the way, where I did not learn how to fight, but I did learn how to get beat up with dignity. Um, <laughs> finally, uh, I started using nicotine gum. Tried to use it in the 90s, but it was terrible, man. It would like burn the inside of your mouth. Started using gum and now lozenges, and I have not smoked since 2006, nor have I desired a cigarette since 2006, nor have I thought about having a cigarette since 2006. But I'm so addicted to nicotine because this shit is more addicting than cigarettes because the nicotine's going straight to your bloodstream from the side of your mouth. It's in my cheek right now. Same thing with snuff, same thing with chewing tobacco. It's more addicting than cigars, pipes, or cigarettes because with that, it goes into the lung and then goes into the bloodstream. This is going right there into that bloodstream, baby. And I have not been able to kick this stuff since then, though I don't smoke. It has no nasty side effects besides some terrible heartburn if you uh, chew them or if you take one uh, right after eating. And then it can cause some esophageal issues. But I am so strung out on these fucking things that if I get down the road five miles from my house and realize I forgot my lozenges, I'll turn back around and get them. I'm, I was buying some of these um, one time, and the lady behind the counter goes, uh, trying to quit smoking? I went, oh, I've quit smoking. It's these things I will never get away from. My point is this. Most of the show is pointless. But here's my point. My point is, if you are a smoker and you want to quit, these things work. They work. Now, you won't get away from nicotine. You'll still be a nicotine junkie. And it's my belief that once a nicotine... You know, I've known people who've quit. You know, I haven't smoked for 10 years, but they're, they're weird. They're like weird. They're always a little tense. They're always a little tense. But uh, those things work. Nicotine lodges work. You know, let, let's do this right now, Shirley. Can we do this? Uh, if you want an update on uh, Ray the Wonder Cat, and that is his name, Ray the Wonder Cat. This is a cat that my uh, wife found now five weeks ago. Five weeks ago in a dumpster uh, near a construction site near her parents' house when he was not even a day old. And uh, he has kept us awake two hours. Uh, we get up every two hours. Shirley gets up every two hours, but I get woke up every two hours. I'm not complaining. 
okay, for the last four or five weeks. Now we're at three weeks or four weeks. Uh, he is alive and well. Can we bring him on camera so people can see him? Bring him over here, okay? Uh, you want to hand him to me or do you want to come over on camera? Here, okay, give me, give me, give me Ray. This, ladies and gentlemen, That is, that is, uh, I don't need the blanket. All right, he doesn't need the blanket anymore. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Ray the Wondercat, found in a dumpster. What are you looking at me for? Look at the camera. Look at the camera. How are you, gonna get every, how are you ever going to make it in showbiz if you don't look at the camera? Right, he's going to fall. He's going to fall. There we go. <laughs> All right, that's Ray the Wondercat. He is now five weeks old, found in a dumpster. As I explained to people, the laws of the universe say that if you're walking by a dumpster and someone has thrown a little animal in there, a puppy or a cat, that you must immediately rescue them or you'll never get in heaven. So, uh, by the way, you can uh, leave a hobo in a dumpster. You can leave a hobo in a dumpster. Matter of fact, trying to fish a hobo out of a dumpster can be problematic because maybe they live there and now what you've done is you broke into their house and if you're in a stand-your-ground state and a hobo finds a gun someplace under a bunch of pork rinds and orange peels, that they can then, uh, there, my dog just uh, inexplicably barked. Uh, I have no business trying to present anything professional. <laughs> None whatsoever, you know? <laughs> it's probably the gardener telling me that they need more money to pull more weeds. Uh, you have to fish the animal out. You can leave the hobo in. Animals out, hobos in. Those are the rules of dumpster. Okay. Hey, um, what do I want to tell you now? Oh, let's get to the music, shall we? Some of you tuned in just to see. And remember, we're going to put up links to this, uh, the people that we're going to recommend. So uh, the first we're going to recommend is something that um, was kind of interesting for a short period of time. And this is a band called We Five. We Five. And I'm probably one of the few people in the world who actually has a We Five album. And you can see them on the back. See them on the back there, just young, idealistic uh, college kids who formed a vocal group and had a huge hit record, a huge hit record with uh, the song You Were On My Mind, which was not their composition. It was written by a uh, legendary folk duo, Ian and Sylvia, who I knew nothing about when I was a kid. But when uh, You Were On My Mind hit the airwaves, even as a little kid in 1965, I just love the song and I still do. Woke up this morning, you were on my mind. And they sing it much better than that. If they sing it like that, you've never been a hit. Uh, they were part of uh, sort of the folk revolution that really began. Uh, it began before Dylan, but exploded with Dylan, where every young person then wanted to sing uh, folk music. And uh, that was kind of brought to an end once the Beatles hit our shores in 64, 65. Then instead of wanting to be a doo-wop singer or a folk singer, every young, uh, at least white kid, wanted to be then a, uh, a rock and roller. But before that, they wanted to be folk singers. They were signed to A&M Records. They had a big hit song, and that's the song we're going to recommend, is uh, You Were On My Mind. But uh, I want to talk about A&M Records for a moment, because it's got a fascinating history. A&M Records was started by a guy named Herb Albert. And for most of you, Herb Albert is someone who fronted the uh, Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. But he was also a genius record producer, genius uh, 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 artist, 
and uh, genius at picking talent. And he signed. And when you think of Herb Albert, you think of uh, songs like Taste of Honey. You think of instrumentals that are uh, trumpet-led because Herb Albert was a trumpet player and a pretty darn good one. But when you think of Herb Albert, yeah, you think of Latino-flavored instrumental music. That's what you think. Herb Albert in the Tijuana Brass. So, um, but he was a record producer. And he had an eye and an ear for uh, great music and great musicians. And he had his finger on the pulse of what was going on with the record-buying public. Now, here's the really cool thing. A&M Records exists on La Brea Avenue in Los Angeles near Hollywood Boulevard. It, is a, it was a cute brick building that looked very colonial. Almost looked like something you'd see at Disneyland. Herb Albert did not build A&M Records. A&M Records was really originally built in the beginning part of the 20th century by an Englishman named Charlie Chaplin who lived right up the hill in his mansion from his movie studio. Later on, Chaplin, who left the country on vacation, and J. Edgar Hoover made it so he couldn't come back in because he was a communist and he liked to sleep with teenage girls. Um, uh, and he wasn't an American, but uh, just, and you know what it was? Is Charlie Chaplin had too much power for an entertainer and the government did not like that. We see a lot of that today. We see a lot of government and a lot of people who support the current administration constantly attacking artists and entertainers because they don't want them to have that kind of power. Charlie Chaplin built what later on became A&M Records, and I think now it's Henson Studios. But if you're ever in Hollywood, California, if you're ever out there on vacation, or even if you live there now and you don't know, and you're going west on Hollywood Boulevard. Eventually, Hollywood Boulevard doesn't really end. It becomes a little street going way up in the hills. You can't really access. It becomes a private road. But where it turns down onto La Brea, once you turn down, look to your left, and you'll see some gorgeous brick buildings and a gate. And in there, so much of the wonderful magic that we love, musically and visually, took place, starting with Charlie Chaplin, when he made so many of his great films at his own movie studio, and later on, when Herb Albert bought it and turned it into A&M Records, and where he recorded this folk singing group, We Five, who had a smash hit with You Were On My Mind. So we're going to recommend that song because it's a cool little song. Our second recommendation, how much time do I have? Uh, eight, minutes. eight minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Our second recommendation, we're going to go a little deeper in the archives. This is, ladies and gentlemen, and you notice I got this in plastic. This is the best of Little Walter. Little Walter, you know, uh, we talk a lot uh, on this show about those musicians and artists and songs that uh, we say uh, help create, the, were part of the spine or the backbone of rock and American music. Uh, there were several of them, though, and there are actually many of them are just the, um, they are the disc. Uh, uh, they, are one of the, uh, they are one of the vertebrae, and certainly one of the vertebrae. They created the spine to uh, American popular music for 50, 60, 75 years was Mr. Little Walter. Little Walter achieved incredible fame or success or recognition playing the harmonica, a harmonica player. Yeah, and we're going to recommend uh, 
we're going to recommend his hit, My Babe. Now, it's not the Beatles, My Babe. It's not My Babe, don't see me. So, My Babe. So, My Babe was written by Willie Dixon for Little Walter. Uh, Little Walter was part of that incredible group of musicians signed to Chess Records in the 50s that include uh, Howlin' Wolf, Willie Dixon, Muddy Waters, and uh, Little Walter. Little Walter was uh, really, really influenced by a harmonica player named Sonny Boy Williamson. But Little Walter changed things around where a harmonica could be a lead instrument. It was a lead instrument. For those of you that like uh, uh, outlaw country music and you love Willie Nelson, you've all loved Mickey Ralphs and the incredible harmonica work he did on so many of Willie's songs. But if you want to hear a harmonica, and of course what Dylan did with the harmonica uh, was stunning as well, Bob Dylan. But if you want to hear the guy who influenced everyone, including the way Mick Jagger played the harmonica on so many great Rolling Stones tunes, you want to listen to a little Walter. And we're leaving up the link right now. It's up there, uh, My Babe. So you can immediately listen to the Wii Five and hear what was kind of fun, uh, soft folk music, slowly becoming folk rock with uh, uh, Wii Five with you, are, you Were On My Mind. But then here's some ass-kicking just from coming up out of the bottom of the qu- uh, cauldron. Took me a while to, took me a while to uh, conjure up that word. Took me a while to conjure cauldron. Uh, you want to check out My Bay by Little Walter, and you will be glad you did, and you will thank me for turning on to some great music. Little Walter was a classic pop musician in that he came up, and like many of the great black blues artists of the uh, first half into the later part of the 20th century, he came out of the deep south, came out of Louisiana, found his way up to Chicago, playing the clubs in Chicago, then later on recording with so many great artists, including Willie Dixon. He had his own band. Um, toured England as a legend, as a god, to the, uh, uh, toured Europe to European kids. Uh, like so many classic, uh, great, talented people, like Mr. Jerry Garcia, who we spoke about yesterday. Uh, he had his demons, and uh, his demon was uh, alcoholism, and uh, 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 thinking he was a badass when he drank. And uh, he died succumbing from injuries in a fist fight in the early 60s after returning, returning from England. He got in a fist fight. He got his ass beat. He went home and he died. Um, uh, squandered most of his fortune. Squandered most of it. Okay, alienated most of his friends. And that's sad. But what's not sad is the sad sound that he was able to conjure up and then the ass-kicking sound, and then the horny, let's-do-it-now sound that he was able to pull out of his simple harmonica. So listen to this stuff. You will love it. You Were On My Mind really is, is a snapshot in time of pop folk music. And My Babe introduces you to Little Walter, the king, the king of the facial keyboard, the harmonica. Okay, that's our show for today. Hey, man, um... You can always check out everything we're doing on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Also, on our mothership uh, website, ComedySchools.com. Plenty of information there about how you can be involved with a lot of what we're doing. We will keep you updated as to when we get in the limited edition of Tony Visick Bobbleheads and how you'll be able to buy them and also even uh, get a little extra, maybe even an autographed copy, an autographed bobblehead of Tony Visick. All that's coming your way. All you got to do is watch. All you got to do is listen. All right, that's it for today. I'll be back at 2 p.m. here on Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. Bye-bye.